Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. Thank you. As we've done the last few weeks, this year is dedicated to the Schuss Shalema, Feliza Shlamas Bracha Basrach Hinda. Hashem really needs to get to work on performing major, major miracles as she is in need of a very, very, very major miracle. And may Hashem send her that miracle very quickly and speedily and that she and her husband should be zeichet to bring home, to bring up their children and to have much nachas and to take them into hate to the chuppah. If anyone can, should put Tzedakah and the Pushka in Haskus. At least out of Shabbos before candle lighting. If you could, every morning a penny or two in Haskus. It would be a very great merit. Today was Tez Vav El, the 15th day of El, the Shabbos. Pashat Kisavoy, Lubim Yat Shem Chai El, Yud Ches El, the 18th day of the month of El. Um, yes, they are both very, very significant dates. In one step, in one situation, they are actually intertwined. On Tez Vavel, the 15th day of El, the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, established our yeshiva, yeshiva Stem Chitmim. They sat down to learn on Tezvav El, it was Sunday morning. On Chayel, they started to learn Chassidus as well. The idea of the Rebbe Rashab's yeshiva, different than any existing yeshiva at the time, was to intertwine the studies both of Nigla and Nista, the Teda, for each and every Talmud. Hisyastus of Tenchit Mimini. By the Rebbe establishing the Yeshiva, more than just the Yeshiva, produces Tamidim known as Tamimim. What is a Tamim? <coughs> a Tamim is a Bakr, a Tamim is a younger man, a Tamim is an old man. Modern technology today, as it helps us be marbits, mefits, teda, berabim, spread teda throughout the world, 
in the blink of an eye it also forms a tremendous bond of actus of unity between people as we see people are able to talk today face to face across the world something that was unimaginable only 20 years ago 15 years ago and not only on a computer not only on their laptop or their iPad on their phone on the simple phone whether it be a whatever form smartphone it might be one can reach a friend, a relative on the other end of the world and talk face to face so needless to say that technology needs to be used for good the art of Rahman al-Sanla a ancient lifetime um referred to it as a curse had a very very interesting way of traveling without a microphone without a megaphone without a telephone people told time in history and we see it in the data itself how the Tater makes such mention in last week's parasha actually over and over about the sin of Lashon Hara the severity as the Baal said it kills three people the person that says it the person that said about and the person that listens so modern technology can only spread Lashon Hara that much faster where therefore we need to see to it that we are we elevate and we are metahel we purify the entire modern technology as we may know it so therefore, <laughs> so therefore I'll take an opportunity to read to you a message received I don't know when this week on whatsapp It was on my family group, so my family members probably know it. A couple took a trip to England. Was that a check going out to me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a trip to England, and they wanted to shop. They went into a, an antique store, a very, very attractive antique store, and decided to see what can they find here to celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary. They appreciated pottery, antiques, and they came inside and they saw an exceptional teacup. And they asked the man, can we, may we see that? Never seen a cup so quite quite so beautiful. It was actually a woman, and the lady handed it to them, and the teacup spoke. 
And the teacup said, you don't understand. I wasn't always a teacup. I was just a lump of clay, red clay. One day my master took me. He rolled me, pounded, patted me over and over. I yelled out, don't do that. I don't like it. Leave me alone. He smiled and gently said, Nachnisht, not yet. Then, Zetz, I was placed on a spinning wheel and suddenly I was spun around and around and around so hard and so quickly. I begged, stop, stop, I'm getting dizzy. I'm going to be sick. The master again shook his head and quietly said, not yet. And then he spun me and he poked me and he prodded me. He bent me out of shape to suit himself. Then, I thought that was the worst. Ha! He put me in an oven. And this oven was hot. I was banging on the door. Please get me out. Help. It's some sugar in here. And through the window I saw him say, Not yet. I thought I was going to chalish. I thought I was going to die from the heat. The door opened up. He carefully took me out. He put me on a shelf. And I started to cool. Oh, the cooling was so good. This is much better, I thought. But after I cooled, he picked me up. And he brushed me. And he painted me. The fumes were, were disgusting. They were horrible. <coughs> so please, stop, stop. He shook his head and said, not yet. But when he finished painting me, I thought he'd put me down, and no, no, no. He put me in another oven. And this oven was even hotter than the first. It was twice as hot. I thought I was going to suffocate. I begged, I pleaded, I screamed, I cried. I was convinced, there's no way I'm going to survive this. I was ready to give up. And the door opened. And he took me out again. He placed me on the shelf, where I cooled and waited. And waited... And I was wondering, now what? What next does this guy think of? An hour later, he handed me a mirror and said, look at yourself. I did, and I said, that's not me. That can't be me, it's beautiful. I'm beautiful. Quietly he spoke. I want you to remember then, he said. I know it hurt to be rolled and pounded and patted, but had I just left you alone, you would have dried up. I know it made you dizzy when I spun you around. But if I stopped, you would have crumbled. I know it hurt when you were in the hot oven. And that temperature was disagreeable to you. But if I hadn't put you there, you would have cracked. I know how bad those fumes were when I brushed you and painted you. Had I not done that, you would have hardened. And you would not have any color in your life. And if I didn't put you back a second time in the oven, you wouldn't have survived for long because the hardness would not have held. Now you are finished. You're a finished product. 
Now you what I had in mind when I first began with you. And the teacup was very, very satisfied. The moral of this story. Hashem knows what He's doing to each and every one of us. Hashem is like the potter and we are His clay. The Hashem melts us, He makes us, He squeezes and turns and pressures and all different types of pressures and all different types of problems and all different, what seems so difficult, things that we think we'll never be able to overcome. Well, life seems hard. And you're being pounded and patted and pushed almost beyond endurance. When your world seems to be spinning out of control. When you feel like you're in a fiery furnace of trials. When life seems to smell. Try this. Brew a cup of your favorite tea in your prettiest teacup. Sit down and think of the story. And then, have a little talk with the potter. The potter, of course, being our creator. A tamim. A tamim is a boy... That comes into Yeshiva and is molded, is put into a form so that he can go out and he can comply with the Tata. The Pasuk says, Tomim A person needs to be Tomim, needs to be whole with the Almighty. And so too a Tamim, who learns Nigla, who learns Chsidis, who learns how to Davin, who learns how to Avavas Yisrael. <coughs> this Tamim is a fellow that the Avish, that Rebbe Rashab founded his yeshiva for. So that both the boy, the Bakr, will merit, those around him will merit, and who knows how far his actions, his accomplishments can reach. Tesfavel, we celebrate this justice of Temchet Mimim. The establishing, the establishing of our yeshiva. So if you're listening to this broadcast anywhere throughout the world, the main office is 841 Ocean Parkway, Brooklyn, New York, 11230. Feel free on this day to help the yeshiva keep its doors open. Chai El, the birthday of the Shtei Meiris Hagdelim. Wait, there is a check already. United Bab Yeshiva. Online, $360. Thank you. No, I think I'm missing a zero, huh? 
Oh, okay. God should make it that he should be able to write many, many zeros on the right side. Chayel, the birthday of the two great light luminaries, the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. Chayel is a very, very special day. A day celebrated by the two luminaries. A birthday is a day that the Neshama begins to embark on its mission. The Neshama begins to serve Hashem in its form and its fashion that it can only do when it finds itself here in the Mata in a Guf Gashmi when it finds itself here on this world in a physical being in a physical body so when the Baal Shem Tov came into the world the light that the Baal Shem Tov shone throughout the world and continued by his spiritual son the Mazich Magid and by his spiritual son and also considered himself a spiritual grandson to the Baal Shem Tov, the first Chabad Rebbe the Alter Rebbe and Rishnei Zaman Yadi Chayel also marks another very very important milestone of every year Chayel is exactly 12 days to Rosh Hashanah Throughout El, we are doing tshuva. We are preparing ourselves for the holy days. <coughs> Every day of El, we prepare tshuva. The, the, our Sephardic brethren are saying slichas or selichot every day in Chodesh El. Us Ashkenazim who obviously have that many less sins, only say slichas from four days before. Why can I get in trouble for that? <laughs> On Chayel, 18 days, before Rosh Hashanah 12 days, I'm sorry, before Rosh Hashanah represents the 12 months of the year every day we begin to do tshuva for one month of the year needless to say we all remember exactly what we did every month of the year for most of us keep a proper diary the Yoman so we have no problem looking up what happened last year Tishrei, Keshvin, Kislev on Chai El the first of the 12 days 
we're doing tshuva for the, the month of Tishrei. Now you may ask, you may ask, and it would only make sense to ask, on Tishrei, in the month of Tishrei, I did sins. Who had time? Who had time? Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, thank you. Who had time to do an Avera? So, as you say, Chayel, it's going to be an easy day. I got to do tshuva for my Rosh Hashanah, for my Yom Kippur, for my Sukkot, for my Aseris, he made tshuva. No problem. Couldn't possibly have done any sins. If I didn't do any sin, I'd have to do the tshuva for it. The story is told of a couple that were very, very arrogant. Arrogant was their middle name. They were also very stingy and just very, very difficult to be around. Well, it got worse and worse. They became very possessive of everything. And there was nobody in the town that was able to coexist with these people. The situation was getting very dire. The time came. Someone had to set them straight. There's a famous chassid, Shmuel Monkis. Shmuel was known for his wit a little bit sometimes for his humor sometimes for his cynicism that's a pure English word had nothing to do with sinner sinner means hate (laughs) cynicism no schwang okay (laughs) Um, he decided he's going to set this couple straight it was Matzah Shabbos when Slichas was to start and Slichas starts at midnight and Shmuel showed up in their house about 10 o'clock at night and he wore a nice Rajavulkia, a fur collared coat. Um, come here. Oh, just put in there. Nothing to get it. A fur collared coat. He wore a, uh, he carried a stick. He walked around with an air to him. And he knocks on the door. And he says, I need a place to stay, don't you see? 
Why are you leaving me out here like this? People were very taken aback. Mister, you didn't introduce yourself. We don't know who you are. But you could see this man was, was regal. So they invited him in. And he said, you see, I'm tired. I journeyed for a long time now. I need a rest. Where's my room? That's, he was quite audacious. But on the other hand, he looked like a very venerable person. And they showed him to the guest room and he went to lie down. And he said, close the door, please. Well, the hosts were a little confused. First of all, they were not used to anybody telling them what to do. And secondly, <coughs> just this man's action, his entire action, was very, very awkward. Well, Rav Shmuel went to sleep, officially. And, um, the hour for Slichas was approaching. And this couple wanted to go to Shul. But their guest was not to be found. So they knocked lightly on this door. And he screamed, who's there? And they said, um, our dear guest, revered rabbi, it's time to go to Slichas. Go away, let me sleep. Well, this is a shock. So they knocked again. Uh, honored Rabbi, it, it's time to go to Slichas. Said, stop bothering me. Anyway, they got a little shocked. Where's this guy from? Why, why is he not going to Slichas? And they knocked a third time. And Shmuel opens the door, you squinting his eyes as if he was sleeping. Can't a man get any sleep around here? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? We're going to Slichas. What Slichas? He says. The woman's eyes almost fell out of her head. What do you mean, what slichas? You call yourself a rabbi? You consider yourself a rabbi? And you don't know what slichas is? Fat! Fui! What are you doing here? And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And now the husband, he turns to the husband and he says, Can you please tell me what slichas is? And the man also started to get really disgusted. This guy comes in here with an air like a holy rabbi and he doesn't even know what Slichas is. So he asked the man again, explain it to me please. And the man said, the new year is upon us. Slichas is a prayer that we say in the week before Rosh Hashanah. And we pray that God should give us a good year. He says, a good year? He says, yes, the chickens should lay proper eggs, the cows should produce good milk, and the... 
Shmuel looks at them and says, you're going to tell me you pray for eggs and milk? You pray for chickens and cows? And for this you're schlepping me out of bed to go to shul? To pray for a chicken and a cow? At which point these people realized how self-centered they were. The people realized how out of focus their lives were. And they also realized, of course, that Reb Shmuel knew what davening was. We start Rosh Hashanah, we start Slichas, we prepared from Slichas, from the month of El, and we go to Rosh Hashanah. And the first night, the halacha is, we turn to our neighbor and we say, Lishana Teva, to a good year may you be inscribed may you be sealed why? why? because I wish this to my fellow Jew how many people say it without meaning it? How many people say it half-heartedly? How many people say it because it's protocol? And because that's what everybody else is doing. When we wish a fellow Jewish we need to mean it with our full heart. When we think back now retrospect to last year Rosh Hashanah when Myron finished and I turned to my neighbors as I finish my poem every week turn to your neighbor and wish them as I wish you you wish them did you mean it? and even if you did semi mean it was your full heart in it? oh the first thing that I need to do tshuva for Chaydesh Tishrei my Chayel begins and I begin to reflect on my Tishrei my Lashon to a fellow Jew my Tefillahs that I davened was I thinking about the chickens and the meat and the milk was I praying for my chicken and my cow and his eggs or was I praying that God set us a good year spiritually and that God give us a good year it may be financial as well there's nothing wrong with praying for that but a year of life a year of prosperity a year of happiness as they ask what were you thinking and then came the next day and they blew the shafer was I immaculately careful to hear every one of the 100 blasts? Did I say the psukim with the proper fervor? Was I ready to hear that shefer? 
Did that shefa penetrate my heart? When I woke up, Shoshana morning, was I waking up for a regular business day, or did I wake up out of Rosh Hashanah? Mini Chabad, and many people have this minig as well, every spare second on Rosh Hashanah, a person should say to Hillam, we don't sleep by day, only at night, we don't sleep by day, and some say that far that if you sleep by day Rosh Hashanah, your mazel will sleep during the year. We say Jews don't have mazels, so let them sleep, but regardless. We don't sleep by day because we need to be involved on a constant basis with prayer. And David Melech Yisrael, our King David, did a wonderful job in preparing proper prayer. So for those of you that start davening at 7.30 in the morning, or those of you who start davening even later at 8.30 in the morning, and you're in shul for the lion's share of the day, you're in shul till 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The message is, are you utilizing every minute of your Rosh Hashanah? Did you see to it that a fellow Jew heard Shefer on Rosh Hashanah? Do you know of a Jew that you could have possibly seen to it that he comes to shul or that you could have arranged someone to go blow Shefer for him and you let this pass? You let this be? This is where your Rosh Hashanah needs to have its ship righted. Needless to say, I'm starting up with your Rosh Hashanah. I don't want to start with your Aseris Mechuvah, and surely not Rachman al-Anslan. Chas Yashalom to start up with your Yom Kippur. But I want to give you food for thought. That this Shabbos Chayel, take a moment, or two or three or an hour, and reflect. Reflect on my last year's teach, not mine. You don't have time for that. <laughs> On your last year's Tishrei, what did you do to make Tishrei a proper Tishrei? The Almighty says, and in this week's Pasha, he writes, the Jewish nation is Laam Segulo, to be a special chosen nation. And of course, Rashi, in his ominous wisdom, takes the word Segula and Rashi writes, Eitzir Chaviv, a precious treasure, Kemayaskulas Malachim Kleyokor. Vavanim Teves, Shamalachim Gainzimesim, Kachatim Tiulis Gula Misharumes. Just as the king takes the precious jewels and he guards them, puts them away, so too you are the special jewel of, the, of God. 
according to Chassidus. Chassidus explains this concept. A king has many, many jewels. Some he has on display in his royal palace. And then he has some in his crown that beautifies and glorifies his crown and shows the world how great and how regal he is. And then (laughs) one staircase just going up, one just going down, and one going nowhere at all. Then he has the jewels that no one ever sees. He just plain hasn't. Why do you have them, Your Majesty? Because I can. These are my special jewels. I don't display them to anyone. I don't let them get tarnished. I don't let them get broken, chipped. And surely not stolen. These are hidden away in my special Geniza. The mere fact of the knowledge of these gems satisfies me. I don't need to see them myself. That is the status of the Jewish nation. When a Jew does Mitzvah studies Teda and he reveals godliness in this world this is of the highest level and God has tremendous pleasure derives tremendous pleasure irrelevant as to what is accomplished by the actual mitzvah for the Jews are that very treasure. Not that that, God forbid, exonerates us from doing what we have to. It just shows us the great love and value that we have in God's eyes. Pashas, Pashas Kisovoi. Pashas Kisovoi begins with the story of Bikurim. The person needs to bring Bikurim. In retrospect, way back when, in the year 2488, when the Jews entered Israel, did they need to bring Bikurim? And the apostle continues, not only when you will arrive, you will inherit and you will settle in. Mephoshim asks, Sarashi says, Magidus comes to tell us, they did not have to have, they were not obligated for Bikurim until they settled in the land, and the land was divided up, everything was conquered, 
and was proportioned to everyone that needed to be. Once the land was settled, then the midst of Bikurim came into place. However, in a previous Pasha, Pasha Shlach, back in Bamidbar, Rashi explains Kobiyas and Shibiteda, anytime it talks about a rival in the Teda, came in Shapir the Chakos of Achas Mehen, Shainel Lachi Yerushavi Yeshiva, Afkulan came. Just like the enumeration was enumerated to you, the Possek told us that one not the other until after the settling and the inheritance so too all these things the same so in that case after the tailor said we knew already from what Rashi explained before this means after the Yerusha and the settling why is Rashi explaining again to mean that the only way they can do the only time they need to bring Bikurim is after everything is inherited we need to nitpick Rashi's wording the answer of Rashi Rashi writes Magid this comes to tell us Shalein is they were not given the obligation at Lach Yerusha V'Yeshiva the reason that it says V'Yorashto V'Yoshavto refers to Yerusha and Yeshiva it's not only Yerusha V'Yeshiva but so much so till Kivshu Esaretz V'Chilkua Rashi takes it a step further V'Yorashto V'Yoshavto is not sufficient inherit and to settle but rather the entire land needs to be conquered and divided the conquering and the dividing of Eretz Yisrael was completed only after 14 years the Jews went into Eretz Yisrael and 14 years later they finally conquered and settled question becomes before the 14 years were up there were parts of the land that were settled so if you're going to rely on only when you come into the land you could say perhaps after this group of people after this Shevet had the Yerusha and the Yeshiva and they were there But still in all, it doesn't have to mean that the entire land had to be conquered and settled. But rather, immediately upon arrival in the land, you need to bring Bikurim. That's why he repeats now and he says, teaches us that this concept of settling in the land was not sufficient but rather it needed to be totally divided up 
it goes on the land itself that says that the obligation of Bikurim is only after the entire Yerusha was done a Yerusha an inheritance is not a simple thing A Yerusha is something that comes automatically. It says in our Avteda, this week's Pasha, V'amech kulam tzadikim le'elem yeshuaretz that the nation is full of tzadikim, righteous ones, forever they will inherit the land. Neitzem atoi ma'asayodah l'ispoir. But there's apparently an obligation of work here, a level of work that needs to be involved. And their Masa Yoda will be this point. Their handiwork will be pre- pleasant. The Gemara tells us, for those keeping score at home, Sekhta Sanhedrin, Tafzadi Kamerale, 90 side 1. We say this before we begin our period in Pirkei Oves. We say this. Now it's strange because the proof from the passage that call Yisrael Yeshem Chedek Lelam Haba that every Jew has a Chedek in Lelam Haba only is because since we are all righteous therefore we have a chedek therefore we will always be able to inherit in that case why does the Tana bring down to talk about the work of toil of the person A Yerusha, an inheritance, Yirshu Oretz, has nothing to do with the inheritor. When a person receives an inheritance, they do nothing. There's nothing they have to do to get the inheritance. Once they get the inheritance, the IRS is on them. But until that point, they did nothing to get that inheritance. The Mishnah says, if you're keeping score at home, it's in Peter Gimel, Mishnah Hey, Vesechtus Nida. The Mishnah says, Afilu Tinuk Ben Echod, Nechel Amanchel. An infant will get inheritance. If the infant is the only son, but he's still an infant and God forbid his father passes away, the inheritance goes on to him. In Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says in Pedig Gimel, 
What is the concept of a Yerusha? It fell into his lap. He did nothing for it. Therefore, the raya that Mishnah brings, the proof the Mishnah brings down, from the words Yirshu Oretz, that call Yisrael, no matter what the Jew is, no matter what the Jew did, Yeshlem Chelek Lelem Haba. Why did I have a part in the world to come? As a Yerusha. It has nothing to do with what the inheritor did or got. Someone clarify that inheritor word doesn't sound right. Heir, that's the word. The heir receives. H-E-I-R. Shoo! Who invented the word inheritor? I don't know. Let's say if a man and the woman get divorced, the man is called a divorcee, and the woman is called a divorcee, correct? Okay. Now if a person passes away, then the spouse also gets a name. The woman is called a widow, and the man is called a widower. But what do we call the actual husband of the widow? Not a widower. We call him dead. Okay, yes, definitely. We have that clear. Okay. Um, got that out of the way. Get the inheritor out of the way too. Delete that. He's called an heir. The person is an heir. We get this as an heir of the Almighty. We have Elam Haba. Regardless of what is the status of the Jew. However, the Almighty wants Not only the one should get it because he's a son, because he's a Jew, therefore it should be an automatic pilot, and he should receive as inheritance the Elam Haba. Rather, he wants him to work. He wants the Jew to serve his Creator. Work at it. Strive. And therefore the Tana brings down the words, Neitzer Matoi and Masei Yodai. Planting, working, physical labor. To hint to us the perpetuality that is needed in Masei Yodai. The person needs to work. And therefore the end of the Pesach says, Lehis Poer. To beautify. Because especially those that do the work, those that devote themselves, those are the ones that beautify God's work. Levi Yitzchak Mbadichiv was a son-in-law by an antagonist. A misnagged. And he didn't appreciate, and wouldn't appreciate it in the beginning, knowing that Levi Yitzhak, his son-in-law, his pride and glory, was a chosid.
His father-in-law was a rabbi of a town. It was Slichas night, and he wanted to get a little nachas to show his townsfolk, his congregants, what kind of wonderful shidduch he did. He asked, therefore, the Yitzchak to lead the congregation in Slichas. No, came Slichas night. Shul was packed to the gills. Anyway, Slichas night, everybody came. But now they can hear the son-in-law of the Rav lead the Slichas. The Yitzchak marches into the Shul, goes up on the Bima, takes the talus. You don't make a bracha because it's the middle of the night, so you have to borrow a talus. That's another halacha for our Slichas week. And he puts on the talus and he stands there. And everybody's waiting for him to start the words, But nothing. He stands there. And he's in thought. He's looking up in the air and thinking. And finally, after a few minutes of what we call in America pregnant silence, he said, oh yeah? You think so? You learn better than me? You act better than me? You say slichas. And the Yitzhak took the talus, threw it off, and ran out of the shul. Needless to say, the embarrassment that this caused to the Rav, his son-in-law totally lost it, cracked up in front of everybody. The Rav wanted to cover up quickly. He ran over, he put on the talus on himself, and he led the slicha services. The next day, the Rav meets his son-in-law, Levi And Levi says, I got up to the beam, I want to tell you the story, you shouldn't think that I lost it, that I cracked up. I got up on the bima, and I put on the talus ready to say Ashrei. And I heard him. You heard who? I heard him. That voice. That inner voice that always comes to bother me. Heh! You Balgaiva, you. You really think you're not a Sikhs? You really think that you're fit to lead the congregation? You really think that you've got it in you? I got it. I don't make mistakes like you do. I don't do sins like you do. How many times have you learned something and felt proud that you learned it? I don't have that. And the voice was really getting into him. So finally, Yitzhak said, I turned to the voice and I said to him, if you think that you learn better than me, and you behave better than me, and you daven better than me, and you're a better person than I am, then you say the sneakers. And I walked away. I did not want to confront with my Yitzhahara. Similarly, we hear therefore the Yerusha that we need to work on, we need to toil with, we need to develop, we need to see to it that the Yerushuaret through Neitzah Matai and Masayoda is This week's Parsha 
we have the curses, the 98 curses. This week also, as we said, is Chayel, the birthday of Alter Rebbe. And it's the only, I propose to repeat a story many times have been said. <coughs> the Alter Rebbe was the Balkarian in the shul. He read the Torah. There was one time Shabbos Kisavai, the Alter Rebbe was not home. He traveled somewhere. And someone else was given the the cover to lane. When he started reading the Klolis, the Teichacha, as we call it, the Mitle Rebbe, a little boy at the time, fainted. He fainted and fell so ill, he got so sick, that on Yom Kippur, there was a question whether or not he'd be allowed to fast. He fainted from hearing these terrible curses in Bashki Sali. But they said to him, Shmuel, the first time you're hearing it? Why did it affect you and affect you so severely? To which he replied, I always heard my father lean it. When my father read the Tegacha, you didn't hear any curse words. You only heard blessings. The Teichacha, if we read it and translate it into whatever language you understand, as the Taylor tells us in this week's Pasha, the stones have to be engraved in 70 languages. The Teichacha, no matter how you cut it, sounds like curses. If it sounds like a curse, walks like a curse, looks like a curse what else could it be tells us Tata no this is this is the words of God and therefore we must know that within these what seem to be curses are blessings and therefore the Alter Rebbe was able to read it and simultaneous, simultaneously give over an interpretation that the words indeed were blessings and therefore being Chayel we're going to start our Cheshbon HaNefesh for the year for the past year of Tav Shanayim Dalit we are therefore ample time now this is the proper time as it says in the entire Chedeshel when you finish a letter to say to sign off so therefore we say again that this parsha, all the teichacha, should taka revert and should see bene basa brachas, and these brachas, these blessings, should permeate, should fill our houses, should fill the home and heart of every single Jew, so that they can find peace, love, and tranquility for their fellow Jew. To a level that he and we will merit that this very Shabbos we will sit Gam Yochad in Yerushalayim Yerakedesh with Mashiach Tzidkenu Besi Dereinu Bereishenu Shabbat Shalom to all.